Good morning. Um, so last night I was at a wedding, and yesterday is actually Yudalif Elul, is the day of the wedding of I forgot which one. There's two days: Yudalif and Yirgimel. One each is the day of a wedding of one of the Hasidic Lubavitcher Rebbes. The, fi- the, the, the Rebbe Rashab and the Friedrich Rebbe, the fifth and the sixth. It's, uh, and it's no coincidence, first of all, Elul is a special month connected to weddings because the mazel the, for this month is Besula, is a virgin. Mazel is a Besula, which is a special, uh, um, the, each month has its own mazel. Um, and so people try to make weddings in the month of Elul. In the month of Adar, there's some special months for, for weddings. And also happens to be that this week's parsha, at the end of the parsha. <clears throat> towards the end, it discusses the source, the source in Torah for getting married, for marriage. Marriage is one of the biggest discussed and uh, debated topics, especially today in the modern times. Um, there are many people that have a hard time uh, understanding the whole idea of marriage. And it's interesting because if you look in Maimonides and the Rambam, and his, when he begins discussing the laws of, of marriage, he gives a very interesting introduction, which is not like the Rambam. The Rambam is a pure book of law, and of Jewish law. And he's not, he's not really a book of inspiration, or a book of history, or a book of thought. But here and there, the Rambam will add in, usually because it's relevant to understanding the law, he'll add in interesting details, some histor- historical, some inspirational, which are relevant to the law. And so Maimonides, in his introduction to the laws of marriage, he, not an introduction, in the first law, he writes the following. Um, I really wanted to prepare a source sheet for today, but uh, I wasn't able to. Um, but it would, it would have been helpful. But the Rambam, Maimonides writes, I'm going to try to paraphrase it, that before the Torah was given, the way it worked was, if a man and woman wanted to get married, the, woman, the man and woman got together in the house... And they were married. That's it. He brought her into the house, and they lived together, and they were married. They wanted to stop being married. They wanted to divorce. She left the house, and they were divorced. <laughs> so that, that, that's, all that, that's all that happened. Came Torah. The Torah was given. And when the Torah was given, it, it changed the whole um, concept of marriage for, the Jewish pe- for a Jew, which is that in order to get married... You don't just take the woman into the house. You have to go through a process of kiddushin, that you need to um, uh, you take something of monetary value and hand it over to the wife and tell her by giving it to her that that you are, I'm, you, are, you are sanctified to me. You are, um, uh, there's a word for, the word for it. I'm missing the word. Um, with this ring, um, the tradition today is with the ring, even though it really could have been anything, but the tradition became the ring. And this is, this is how we do a marriage. And in order to do a divorce, you can't just leave the house. You need to go through a proper, write a proper get, a divorce document. And written properly um, with many nuances and many details. And if any part of it is not written properly, then it's not a proper divorce. And if you don't do that, and she just leaves the house, she's not divorced. And she can't go and marry someone else. And there's many... Uh, it, it's very severe, if, and it's, oh, we, have to, we have to make sure we do everything right when it comes to it. So Torah completely changed the framework of marriage. Now, in a very technical way. But how does it relate to, to, to what marriage is? 
And Torah clearly has an interesting um, perspective on marriage, and especially the fact of understanding why the Rambam, Maimonides, chooses to, to introduce the laws of marriage with this, with this introduction. It's almost historical. Where he's saying, oh, before the Torah was given, they married by bringing the woman into the house, and that was it. Like, okay, but that's not how we do it now. So why is it relevant how it happened before? Just say, the Torah says, marriage happens through giving a ring to the woman and saying, you're married to me. Right? The Ramadan gives this whole introduction. And one interesting thought, which is really a, a huge topic, which would take, uh, require much more thorough um, sources and, and, and going through it to really properly tackle the, the subject. But very simply, um, when, when what God revolutionized with the idea of marriage and divorce is the following. I'll introduce it with another law. There's a law that the Rambam writes that a person is not allowed to marry a woman having in mind to divorce her a few days later. <laughs> what? Not allowed to. And there's a whole discussion why. And there's even opinion. There's a there's a big debate amongst the the, the, um, the sages back then whether if he notifies the woman, let's say he tells the woman that I'm marrying you, but I'm letting you know that in a few days we're going to get divorced. If he tell, if he lets her know, is it now allowed? <laughs> so there's different there's different opinions. They have, Some opinions. They have that in Saudi Arabia. They have in Saudi Arabia. One hour marriages. <laughs> No, one-hour marriages. So, Shotgun marriages. No, one-hour marriages. No. What? No, I'm serious. No. There's a whole whether it's allowed. So there's a whole debate whether it's allowed. Be with a lady, and I'll be married. So they have one-hour contracts for one hour. So what exactly is the? Why do I introduce that? Because what is the problem if a person? What exactly is the problem? If a person marries the woman, um, in Torah, in the Torah perspective, what's the problem if the person marries the woman with having a mind to divorce her? I mean, okay, so he let her, knew that, he let her know. And they still got married, they did everything right. What, 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 what issue lies, there must be an issue within the essence of marriage, according to Torah, um, which, which is why there may be an issue with such a, with such a behavior. And I think that'll lead us into what's this, what Torah revolutionized about the idea of marriage in the very, very briefly. What Torah revolutionized was that marriage is something that is completely disconnected from divorce. It's almost like Torah had to revolutionize an idea of divorce after it created the idea of marriage. Meaning when Torah created marriage, there did not exist any concept of divorce until Torah then went and said, oh, you can, if you need, if a person, in the same parsha says that if a person marries a woman, if he finds something that he doesn't like, and there's many discussions, debate of what that means, um, then you can divorce her. But Torah had to introduce the idea of divorce. What do I mean? That when Torah created, when Torah created this idea of marriage, which did not exist like Maimonides writes before the Torah was given, marriage is creating an eternal, and I emphasize the word eternal, bond, between the husband and the wife, between the man and the woman. A bond which is not something that is child play, not something which is just a, a, uh, a, word, a word of mouth deal that you make with each other 
and a feeling of a connection that you make with each other, which can then disappear a few days later. Marriage and Torah is this bond which is, which is created between the man and the woman, which exists on all levels, through and through, literally making them one. In a way that in the eyes of the marriage, there is no way of breaking the marriage. Meaning that in the mitzvah of marriage, in the actual mitzvah of marriage, there is no, there is no details of divorce. To the extent, like this Allah is, this sheds light, this helps us understand this law. That's why if a man marries a woman, having a mind to divorce her, the whole marriage is lacking. The marriage is not a real marriage, according to Tarif. Even eating the inclination, even, even all the it happens, it happens. And the happens that happens is maybe different. Here we're saying if he has it in mind to, to, to do the divorce. Because marriage in Torah is something which creates this eternal bond, which, which does not disappear on its own and cannot disappear within the, within the terms of the marriage. There's no room for it to disappear. Torah then needed to introduce a whole new mitzvah, and it is, it's a new mitzvah, it's a separate mitzvah, in the 630 mitzvahs. A new mitzvah of divorce. If a person wants to divorce their wife, the divorce is a, is a new thing, which also Torah need to, needed to be mechadish, Torah needed to, to create, to revolutionize, to say that yes, there is this idea of divorce, which will break the marriage, but within the terms of the marriage, there's no place for that divorce. As you see, it's a much deeper subject. This is just the surface of it. But I think it's so powerful, just thinking of this, this simple idea that Torah introduces. We're, we're married, it's not, it's not child play, it's not a romance, it's not a, it's, 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 there's a deep connection and a real, authentic, deep connection that one creates with a wife when they get married, when they get married to the extent that there is no way in the terms of that marriage for that marriage to break. Before the Torah was given, the woman comes in, you're married, the woman leaves, you're not married. When the Torah was given, it created this idea that a man marries a woman and they're married forever. They're married forever comes a reason where he needs to divorce, you need to go through a whole process. Because in the terms of the marriage, there's no room for that divorce. It's not taking apart a marriage, it's creating this whole idea, a new mitzvah of divorce. And this, where, where it goes a step deeper, and for, and for those who are not married or don't like talking about the subject of marriage, we can talk about our relationship with God. Because every, the, 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 every marriage uh, begins with it come, everything comes from our relationship with God. That we're, so to speak, married to God. God's our spouse. And uh, we created this relationship again when He chose us as our nation. And He gave us the Torah. He betrothed us. And when He betrothed us, He, cre- he began this connection with us, which we say will, be, will complete when Mashiach comes. But during a, ta- during a, a, a stage of exile, where we're, we, so to speak, when there's no temple, we don't feel any open connection to God sometimes. Sometimes God's presence can be completely um, absent and missing and, and from, from our lives. And we don't see it. It's not in front of our eyes. It's not something that we experience and we see openly. It can very easily feel like there's uh, this, there's this uh, break in the marriage. Almost like a divorce. And there's actually a Gemara a Talmud, uh, in the Talmud that goes through such a discussion that the Jewish people, so to speak, have with God. Saying to God that you divorced us when you put us in exile. And we have no commitment anymore. And God says, the response is, show me the get. <laughs> show me the divorce document. There's no divorce document. <laughs> so um, meaning that the whole idea of, of exile, of the time not feeling like a divorce, is something which is one-sided. To us it feels like a divorce. 
on God's side of it, there was never, nothing, so to speak, changed. God is waiting for us to, 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 bring, to bring that connection back in an open way. But the connection is always there. And this, from here comes this idea of marriage, our connection with God. That when God created a connection with us, it was eternal. An eternal connection where there's, in the, in the connection, there's no terms for divorce. In our connection with God, there was no terms of it breaking up. For it to break up, it's a whole revolutionary thing which has to, has to, has to be created. But within the terms of the connection, there's no room for the divorce. And from there comes, from there emanates, from there descends, the, in the idea of marriage between man and the wife, the same feeling, the same concept, where it creates a bond, a connection, where there's no room for divorce. And it comes from our connection with God. So during right now, the time of Elul, where we come towards Rosh Hashanah, and towards Rosh Hashanah we recommit, right? We reconnect with our bond with, with, with God. And it's uh, kind of that yeah, the one-year anniversary where every, every uh, husband and wife has that time of the year where they recommit, they re- renew the vows. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, this, is, this is our time, Elul and Tishrei, where we renew our commitment with God. And it's important for us to realize that no matter how often, and whether it may be all the time, we feel that there's a divorce, we feel that there's a disconnect, we feel that there's something separating us with God, no matter how much we feel that, it can only be one-sided. That it's from us, we feel that way, because there's something missing in our, we don't see, there's something, right, and that's, that's what sometimes happens in a marriage, where it's all, in the, the, it's a play in the head of one of the spouses, where they, they build this picture in the mind, that something's going on, where really, they're just building the picture, and nothing's really going on. It's the same thing with us and God. And God is waiting, God is waiting for us to show Him that we're, we're, we want this connection, and we realize this connection is always here. And there's never a disconnect. But this is, uh, it's a powerful to realize that this is the idea of marriage. And this is why Maimonides goes on the whole introduction explaining the revolution, uh, revolution of marriage in Torah. And it's important to realize this, this strong connection we have with God that nothing can break. It's eternal. And in the terms of the marriage, there's no, there's no room for divorce. So I wish every one of us that we should acknowledge that and realize that in our own marriages, spouse, and uh, that we should realize that we have this eternal bond that was created between us, which uh, can all, by the way, uh, this goes a step further, just one more anecdote, where we say that to create uh, a marriage, you need God in the picture. Without God in the picture, a marriage can't be done. Why is that? When a man and a woman can't connect together without God? You're blind to stand out other dogs, that's successful. Okay. But why does it take God? And especially we say in the Gemara, Ish isha, that the word Ish and Isha, right? They're made up of the same letters, Ish, fire. And in the Ish, there's a Yud. In the Isha, there's a He. Each of them, without being married, it's God's name is Yud K. God's name is separated. When they become married, when the Ish and Isha bond, the Yud and the He now merge, and now God's name is complete. Meaning God's presence exists in the marriage, and the marriage can only happen with God's presence. Why is that? Based on everything we said, it's, it's beautiful. Because, because marriage is an eternal bond, where within the terms of the marriage there's no room for divorce, right? It's a revolution, it's an added thing that you cannot then go and divorce, but within the marriage there's no room for that. Who can create an eternal bond? It's not within the ability of a human being to create something eternal. Every work of human eventually deteriorates and uh, wears out. Only with the power of God can we make something eternal, can we make something last forever. And that's why within the marriage, it's a real thing that happens, that a man and woman gets married and they become eternally connected with the power of God. So this is what we learn from the parish. Beautiful.
Um, L'chaim, we should realize there's an eternal connection you have with Hashem. And, uh, okay, King Solomon, King David.